You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to our top three Thursday here on Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. To kick off today's show, we'll preview Free Agency Friday a bit just by looking at some of the best fits for some of the top players on the open market for the Saints. We've got one from each tier of the free agent pool. Within the top 50, we'll look at one from top five, one from top 25, and another from the top 50. So we'll take a look at those. Then we'll get started with our top three Thursdays talking wins. We'll talk about the Saints' top three wins of the regular season. We'll get our third and second spots in on segment two, and then we'll get to our number one dub in the final segment. Let's relive some of the happier moments of the Saints' 2020 season. Also, one honorable mention to throw out there as well. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked on NFL podcast. We got all of that. And a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, time to jump into today's episode. No place I'd rather spend my birthday than right here recording and talking with all of y'all. Big thank you to everybody that's already reached out with the happy birthday wishes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. I could not ask for a better gift than this right here. So let's go ahead and jump in to our first segment of today's episode. I've scoured the internet. I've looked all over the place for the experts and trying to figure out what it is that they're saying about the Saints potentially being the perfect fit for any of the top 50, hell, even the top 100 free agents. And I can't find a single list that puts the Saints in with the fit. And I get it. I get that they're taking into consideration cap and salary and all these other things, but the Saints are going to be fine there. They're going to be able to add folks. But anyway, when we talk about best fit in free agency, we're not necessarily talking about who can afford whom. We're talking about best fit, scheme fit, what players make sense on what teams. The Saints aren't even oftentimes attributed as being the best fit for their own free agents. Trey Hendrickson and Marcus Williams continuously on those top 50, top 100 lists. In some cases, Jameis Winston on those lists as well. Also not looked at as being their best fit being with the New Orleans Saints. And it, it, it's just wild to me. So I thought, well, let's do it ourselves. Let's let you want a job done, right? You want a job done right, do it yourself. So that's what we're going to do on today. I looked at the athletics top 50 players list, which I really like. And I took someone from the top five, someone from the top 25, and someone from the top 50. Really, all three of these guys end up being within the top 35, looking at which players the Saints would be a really, really good fit for or the best fit for. So let's start off with the player within the top five. I'm not going to read all 50 of these players, but I will read you the top five free agents on this list. This is from uh, Shiel Kapadia, who mentioned Dak Prescott as the number one free agent, would have a pretty good fit with the New Orleans Saints, not going to lie. Uh, Allen Robinson, the number two free agent, Chris Godwin at number three, Justin Simmons, the safety from the Broncos at number four, and then Leonard Williams at number five defensive lineman with the Giants. Now, I could point out that Chris Godwin would be a good fit if the Saints re-sign Jameis Winston because then you pair Chris Godwin and Jameis Winston back and you get some of the most productive days of Chris Godwin in his early career, right? I, I would say that that would also help Jameis Winston, but let's look at something a little bit different. I also wanted to talk about players that I haven't talked about before. So I went ahead with Leonard Williams, a defensive lineman from the Giants. Notice he's listed as a defensive lineman, not a defensive end or a defensive tackle because he can do both. That's why he's a great fit. 
for the New Orleans Saints. In 2020, he ended up having 11 and a half sacks, playing the majority of his snaps from the defensive tackle position. But if you look at all the other years when he was playing with the New York Jets, when he was playing early on with the New York Giants, you ended up seeing him spend most of his time out on the edge, although he did also play on the interior. And this was his best season as a pro in terms of sack production. The best year that he had before that was his second year in the NFL, 2016, which was a Pro Bowl year where he had seven uh, sacks and 11 tackles for a loss. In 2020, 11 and a half sacks, 14 tackles for a loss. He also put 30 total hits on the quarterback as well. So he's coming off of a really, really good year and a year that the Saints may need some help on the defensive interior. And you would give him an opportunity to work with a guy like Ryan Nielsen. He could be multiple. He can play out on the edge. He can play in the middle. He can play at one tech. He can play at three tech. He can pass rush. He can stop the run. He does a little bit of everything. So I thought he would be a very, very good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Again, leaving money out of the equation. We're just talking about best scheme fits. This helps because you can look at individual players from across the NFL and say the Saints would be a good fit for them. But you can also find molds, prototypes. Who are the most Leonard Williams-like guys that maybe might come at a uh, at a bit of a discount or in the draft, things like that? That's why this is important and why the experts out there shouldn't just glaze over the Saints because of a lack of salary cap space at this time. Trust me, if the Saints want a player, they'll find the money that they want to pay that player and they will go after him. Let's go next within the top 25 here and stick with defense, but we'll go to the secondary here. And y'all have seen a little bit of a trend for me. I really like Seattle Seahawks defensive backs. And it's not just because of the fact that they brought in Chris Richard, but because they're some of the best corners that are on the market this season. At number 23 out of 50, Shaquille Griffin, cornerback uh, from the Seahawks, 26 years old, brother of Shaquem Griffin, uh, who of course astounded everybody with his combine and came in. But Shaq Griffin now looking, he's probably going to be one of the highest paid corners coming out of uh, this group. But hell, doesn't mean that he's not a good fit with the Saints. Uh, in 2020, 12 games played, three interceptions. He also added two tackles for a loss, as well as 12 passes defended in his four years in the NFL. Three seasons, he had uh, more than 10 passes defended, so he was in double digits in that statistic. So he's somebody that affects the ball, attacks the ball, gets at the catch point, doesn't just focus on attacking receivers, does a little bit of everything. And that's one of the things that I like about him and why I think he would be a good fit for the Saints. He's also got one sack in his career. It happened back his rookie season, but would be interesting to see if he can maybe bring back a little bit of that pursuit ability to go after uh, some of the, these quarterbacks in the NFC South. Let's take a look real quick in pass coverage in 2020. Targeted 87 times, allowed only 54 catches. That's a 62.1% completion percentage. Did give up six touchdowns, however, but only 644 yards with an 11.9 completion uh, yards per completion percentage. So pretty good there. You just want to see maybe that touchdown number come down a bit. 93.3 pass rating allowed when targeted. I think getting him coached back up a little bit wouldn't be a bad idea. And doing so with a guy like Chris Richard and Dennis Allen, not at all a bad idea. And to wrap up the list, we're going to go to number 35 out of 50 on this list. And it is Jonu Smith, the tight end from the Titans. So y'all are going to remember last year, I was a little hung up on the idea of Tajay Sharp, the wide receiver out of the Titans. He ended up going to Minnesota, didn't do anything completely possible with Jonu Smith as well. And uh, Shield makes a really good point here that Johnny Smith is a good example, quote, of how teams might be willing to pay for future projection off of past performance. 
Smith has not had a huge season in terms of receiving yardage or anything like that. His best year was in 2020, where he had 41 catches for 448 yards. However, he had eight touchdowns over the course of that. So the guy caught touchdowns. He got into the end zone. Uh, he is, uh, you know, he's a six foot three, 248 pound tight end who's not really known for his size. He's known instead for his speed and his ability after the catch. 442 receiving yards last year, 238 coming after the catch, averaging 5.8 yards after the catch, which was actually his lowest in his career in 2019. That number was 7.8. Before that was 9.0. So he has this extra gear that he can kick into with the ball in his hands. I think that would be a really electrifying element to add to the Saints offense. He's somebody that can play out wide, at tight end, wherever it is that you want him, you can utilize him. And I think that would be a lot of fun for Sean Payton. So those are three of the top 50 guys that I feel like the Saints would be a good fit for outside of, of course, their in-house free agents, Trey Hendrickson, Marcus Williams, so on. But that's the look so far. I wanted to go ahead and bring you a few of those since we can't find them anywhere else. Now, coming up next, we're going to get started with our top three Thursday. Going to jump into picks number three and pick two in terms of the three best wins for the New Orleans Saints. We'll get to those in just a moment here on today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jonu Smith would be an interesting selection for the Saints and free agency to bring an extra gear to their offense. But if your car is missing its extra gear, I'm gonna let you know where you can get that taken care of. Whether you got a Dodge, a Daewoo, a Fiat, or a Kia, head over to rockauto.com. You just jump on the site, you put in the make, the model, the year, the parts you need, and you get a full list of all the different options that you have for those parts for your vehicle at a fraction of the price of the brick and mortar stores from around the corner because you pay the same whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. It does not matter. Rock Auto's catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, allowing you to see all those parts that are available for your vehicles. And you can even set specifications on the prices that you prefer. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? No, no, no. Save yourself the time. Do it from home. You ain't even got to go to the store. Just go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts that are available for your car, truck, or vehicle right locked on in the how'd you hear about us section so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Huda Nation, February is Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black people in sports with a series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper and Erica Ayala here at the Locked On Podcast Network discussing opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a few episodes coming next week, so go and head over and subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Let's go ahead and jump in to our first top three Thursday. We'll do these every Thursday, but we're going to talk about the top three dubs, top three wins for the New Orleans Saints. Starting off with some positivity. I told you it's my birthday. I want to be positive today. So I'm going to start off with my number three, and I, I think this might differ from a lot of folks, but I'm going to go with the, the win, the 35 to 29 win against the Detroit Lions. This was a game where the Saints opened up just struggling over on the offensive side and on the defensive side, actually. They went down 14 to zero and just kind of seemingly out of nowhere decided, no, no, this ain't it. And then they rattled off 35 straight points uh, from the ranging from the first to the third 
quarter. So they would come out there, they would score a, a rushing touchdown with uh, Latavius Murray, get another rush touchdown with Alvin Kamara, two touchdown catches by Trey Quan Smith, and Latavius Murray ran in with another six-yard run as well. And this, remember, too, was also the game that the Saints didn't have their top two corners, and we were a little bit concerned about how the Saints would hang with guys like Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, and of course, Kenny Galladay, uh, both of, actually, both of those wide receivers free agents this season. So there was no no Marshawn Lattimore, no Janoris Jenkins in this one. You saw Patrick Robinson go out there and start covering over on the outside, as well as DJ Swearinger getting into the mix, and then, of course, PJ Williams lining up over on the outside as well. So this was a really, really phenomenal game by the Saints. Uh, Patrick Robinson getting his interception in the end zone. We broke it down on our Film Watch Wednesday segment during the regular season where he was he played TJ Hawkinson perfectly and then ended up getting the pick in the end zone there. So y- this was just one of those games that the Saints needed, right? Because they were coming off of a two-game losing streak there, losing two of their first three of the season, and then ended up having to really claw their way back in this one and finding a way to do it. Uh, Drew Brees threw an interception in this game, but he was 19 of 25, 246 yards, two touchdowns when it counted, 116.4 passer rating as well. This really felt like the game that turned things around for the New Orleans Saints. It was a good example, too, of the resiliency and ability to be able to manage adversity the Saints would put on display, actually, for the next couple of games. This one ended up being, you know, the last defensive possession was a touchdown, but After this game, the next few games, the Saints defense would go on to make a play at the very end to seal victories. And so this was just one of those necessary wins as it kicked off the Saints nine game win streak as they would go through for the rest of the season. All right, let's get to our number two win here for the Saints or our our second uh, best win for the Saints, the 52 to 33 victory on Christmas Day up against the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, this was going to be on the list. This was an example of the New Orleans Saints dominating a defense that they were better than and dominating a team that they were better than. The the Saints had some issues over on the defensive side, gave up some red zone touchdowns, particularly a couple of touchdowns to Irv Smith Jr. in the red zone, two-yard pass, four-yard pass, but you know what? Alvin Kamara would go in there. He'd rattle off six rushing touchdowns. Taysom Hill would add a seventh rushing touchdown. The Saints would hold that with seven rushing touchdowns in this game. Not a single passing touchdown. Although that's not to say that they didn't produce in the passing game where they had 319 total passing yards. However, they did throw two interceptions in this one. But 264 total rushing yards on the ground on 45 carries to the Saints. Just absolutely demolished the Minnesota Vikings in this one. Uh, The penalties came down in this game as well after coming off of the loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. Only four penalties here, so you started to see a little bit of discipline. Five of nine over on third down conversions. Also converted a fourth down conversion. Held the ball for almost 37 minutes out of the 60 minutes of this contest. And of course, this was a huge game for none other than Alvin Kamara, who had 22 carries, 155 yards, along with his six rushing touchdowns. He also caught three passes for 17 yards. To add on top of that, Latavius Murray had 72 rushing yards. Taysom Hill had 18 rushing yards and a touchdown. He also caught a pass and completed two passes as well. So he had himself a game. The defense for the Saints could have had a little bit of a better game. Like we mentioned earlier, they struggled a bit when it came to the red zone in particular, again, giving up 33 points, but they got after Kirk Cousins. They sacked him twice. They also put a couple of hits on him as well. Malcolm Jenkins, two on his own. One from David Onyemata and then another from Cam Jordan. Uh, We didn't see much for the Saints in terms of the run game, getting any tackles in the backfield, but they limited it all enough. And then, of course, also pulled away 
on the offensive side with their production in the run game and the, the, the scoring capacity that they had putting up a 50 burger. It essentially limited Minnesota's ability to run the ball after a certain point. No takeaways for the Saints defense in this one. But again, the story wasn't about the defense as much as it was about the run game. The Saints averaging 5.9 yards per carry despite running 45 times. Minnesota Vikings rush defense just not present at all. And the Saints absolutely took advantage of that. In fact, if you look at expected points earned in this game, 19.49 in the run game. So the Saints were on top of the world when it came to uh, their ability to get the dub in this one. So big time win for the Saints there, but not the biggest win of the season. I think we all know what the biggest win is, but we'll also get an honorable mention in as well has a little bit of a bonus. So we'll continue on with our top three Thursday. I also put a tweet out here just a moment ago to get some folks uh, opinions, listener opinions as well. And so we'll recap a few of those as well. There's a pretty good consensus of the number one win. We'll talk about that and more here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, it sure is fun to be able to relive all of these 2020 regular season moments with the New Orleans Saints, but unfortunately, the NFL season is over, but that doesn't mean that betting season is over over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might have come to its conclusion, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are still in full swing, and the MLB right around the corner. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality shows, real-time updated odds and props on everything that you can imagine, and even more, if I'm being completely honest. They've got some really fun stuff up over on the website. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website today and sign up to receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On on your first deposit. Remember, it's promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get it, family. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. And once you're done here, make sure you check out the Thursday episode over at Locked On NFL. They're a must listen with Ryan Tracy and Jake Lisko breaking down teams across the NFL from an analytics and team building perspective. They do an awesome job over there. So get your expert analysis of your favorite teams over with Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. So we're continuing on and wrapping up actually our top three Thursday, taking a look at the number one win for the New Orleans Saints. I'm just going to read off. I posted the question on Twitter. Who, what were your top three regular season wins for the New Orleans Saints? I'm going to read off a few number ones, 38 to three, 38 to three, Tampa, 38 to three. Uh, that 38 to three. Uh, somebody said the Christmas victory actually then had Sunday's 38 to the Sunday night 38 to three over Tampa Bay is the way they wrote it at number two. Sunday night game against the Bucks, blowout against Tampa, 38 to three, 38 to three. So that's what we're calling it. It's 38 to three. We already know it. The New Orleans Saints absolute demolition of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I put out a graphic after the first week win which was only, what, 34 to 23 or something like that? That open, Yeah, 34 to 23 to open up the season. And I put out a graphic about my quote when I said, oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is supposed to be the biggest, baddest offense in the NFL. Turns out in February, okay, maybe, maybe. But when it came down to that opening victory for the New Orleans Saints, I did go after them a little bit. I locked on Bucks listener, got a little, not really mad. Like we were just picking back and forth and everything. And he mentioned like, I'm going to come back to you after that second game because I remember what you said after the first. 
And then Tampa would go to score three points in the game. Oops. And so, you know, look, it was a great game for the New Orleans Saints and a huge win for the New Orleans Saints. It was a big tone setter for this is what this team can be. The defense was popping. The offense was looking good. You saw Drew Brees throwing touchdowns early. You got touchdown, 14-yard pass to Traquan Smith wide open in back of the end zone because of how much attention everybody had to pay to Alvin Kamara out the flat. Great play design there. Adam Troutman ran a beautiful route on the scene, cut to the outside, cut back to the inside, making a play on the linebacker there, getting his seven-yard touchdown pass on. Emmanuel Sanders with a 12-yard touchdown catch of his own, and then Alvin Kamara with a one-yard run, and then even Josh Hill caught a touchdown toward the end. The Bucs didn't get on the board until there were only five minutes and 52 seconds left in the game. The Saints very careful with the ball in this one, but still had two turnovers, unfortunately, but they took the ball away three times with a few interceptions. So the Saints walking away, uh, taking away the ball three times, three interceptions from Tom Brady. They also sacked Tom Brady three times, put a ton of pressure on him. He had a quarterback rating of only 40.0. Meanwhile, Jabriz, 135.2. Taysom Hill, 118.7. Jameis Winston, who got out there for a little while, 116.7 as well. So a, a great game for the Saints and this defense, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, and David Onyemata all coming up with interceptions. And then, of course, Trey Hendrickson had two sacks in that one as well. Uh, You can give one to uh, Malcolm Roach credited as well. So a a really, really big game by the Saints in this one to where they just looked like they knew exactly what they needed to do to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had the formula. They had the antidote, if you will. They had all of it there. They were ready. They walked into this game and knew we are the better team. And they played like it. They absolutely played like it. Um, In this one, you saw uh, some really good, actually, air yardage from uh, Drew Brees. I know we don't like to talk about air yardage very much, but 161 intended air yards in this one. Uh, But beyond that, you look at the bad throw percentage for him in this game, uh, only 9.7%. Meanwhile, Tom Brady, 21.6%. So they were really forcing Tom Brady to throw passes that he probably didn't really want to throw, especially because he was under pressure 36.6% of his dropbacks, pressured 15 times in this one, up against 12 different blitzes. Meanwhile, Drew Brees was blitzed 15 times, but only felt pressure six times, 18.2 pressure percentage that he faced. So that's a huge bit. I mean, that's a huge part of what this game really came down to is pressure with the front four, coverage on the back end, symbiotic relationship as T-Bob Bear and I talked about when he came and visited the show. That was such a huge part about what the Saints defense was able to do here. And because of that, the Saints offense was able to keep their foot on the gas and then continue to put pressure on the Tampa Bay offense because every time that New Orleans touched the ball, they were walking away with the score. The Saints scored on their opening possession, then they scored on their third possession, their fourth possession, their fifth possession, and their sixth possession. I mean, back to back to back to back, basically, after a certain point. If you look at the drive chart in this one, the Saints played stayed very busy throughout. And I mean, when you have those kinds of games to where you have a defense that's performing really well, that's getting pressure on the quarterback, but your offense is complementing that by taking advantage of the additional possessions and taking advantage of being able to put points on the board, that puts more pressure on the opposing offense. That was one of the things that was missing for the Saints in the Week 15 matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. The defense was doing what it needed to do, but the offense wasn't able to get going. They weren't able to pick up a first down on the first six six drives. Drew Brees didn't complete any of his first six or five passes, however many it was. That was a huge part of it. Meanwhile, in this game against Tampa Bay, the Saints held onto the ball for 40 minutes <laughs> of the game. So that was a, a huge part of it. This is easily and clearly the number one win for the New Orleans Saints in 2020. It really was the pinnacle of what the Saints could be. Unfortunately, 
this is kind of diminished a bit by the playoff loss to the same team where the Saints kind of got demolished a little bit, like they kind of fell apart a bit. And so with that being the case, maybe this win doesn't feel like it should be number one. But for me, this is the number one win. This was the staple win for the New Orleans Saints in 2020. All right, so let's take a look real quick at the honorable mention that I wanted to bring up, and that is the week 11 game up against the Atlanta Falcons, Taysom Hill's first start and first win. Not going to break the game down as deep or anything, but this was this was something that I almost put on the list. I was kind of debating between this and the Detroit Lions game, but I felt like the Detroit Lions game kicking off that nine game win streak, coming after two losses, the clawback, right? The ability to come back after going down 14 to zero. This game was almost there for me, but I I had to put Detroit up at the top. So a shout out and honorable mention going to Taysom Hill's first start, Taysom Hill's first win, getting it done. He had a two yard rushing touchdown, a 10 yard rushing touchdown. Alvin Kamara added a rushing touchdown as well. And of course, just to give a shout out to Taysom Hill in this game as he did outperform uh, Matt Ryan in this one, Taysom Hill would go on to complete 18 of 23 passes for 233 yards. No touchdowns thrown, but no interceptions thrown. He was sacked three times, but a 108.9 passer rating. Meanwhile, uh, Matt Ryan, 19 of 37 for 232, was sacked eight times through two interceptions and only a 48.5 passer rating. So shout out to Taysom for getting out there and uh, getting that win up against a division rival and getting it done at home in the Dome, too, was a pretty good uh, part of that. So the only other couple of games that really came up uh, that I didn't mention in this one, the Chargers come back. Uh, D at Saint Soldier on Twitter brought that one up. That was a great one, too, right? The Saints had to come back. It really started with a two-minute drill. That was when the Saints were just phenomenal with the two-minute drill at the bottom of the first half. And then that was that first game. It went to overtime and the Saints defense made a play to seal the game. And after that, for the next like two or three games, the Saints defense would go on to seal victories with a good play at the end. That was the Marshawn Lattimore tackle. It was a five yard gain on fourth and six to Mike Williams and Marshawn Lattimore made that tackle uh, to seal that one. Uh, A lot of folks also brought up the Bears regular season victory, not the playoff ones, right? We're just talking about regular season, the Bears regular season victory because they went to Chicago for the second year in a row and pulled off a win at Soldier Field. So that's it, y'all. That is our uh, top three Thursday. That's how we're going to break this down for the next couple of weeks. Next week, we'll get into more. And then tomorrow, you're going to hear Free Agency Friday. So it'll be our first edition of Free Agency Friday. We kind of did a little bit of a sneak peek with it. We're going to start with in-house free agents tomorrow and then start to look outside the market as well throughout the day. And you're going to get a bonus episode here on the Locked On Saints channel. It's not going to be me, but on the feed, you're going to get a Locked On Today episode, 20 minutes of everything you need to know about sports happening today. So make sure that you check that out as well. I appreciate y'all as always for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked On Saints and Trust Who That Nation. I'll holla at you.